This is Help Wanted, the show that makes your work work for you. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm money expert Nicole Lappin. On Tuesdays, Jason and I answer the helpline and help callers solve their work problems. And on Thursdays, I give you one way to improve your work and build a career or company you love. And it starts now. Jason, have you ever traumatized me? (laughs) Have I ever traumatized you? (laughs) Have we ever been in a fight? In your opinion? I don't think so. No. Okay. In my experience, we have been in a fight. In my experience, there was a time when you were quite mad at me and it made me very distraught. (laughs) I have no memory of this. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you remember vaguely in 2019 when I was launching my third book, I started contributing some pieces to entrepreneur.com and I had some folks who were helping me from the publisher work on pieces that were based from tips in the book. Do you have any recollection of this? No. In the foggiest way in that, and we've talked about this on the show before, that people ask me to run things to promote their books. I'm sure that has happened with you. And I know that you've written for entrepreneur.com, but whatever this specific moment is, no, I have no, I have no memory. Okay. This is a specific moment where I thought you were going to rip my face off. Oh my gosh. I don't rip anybody's face off. And I just have this visceral memory that you were going to hate me forever because I did something that I didn't know was wrong, but it seemed to really anger you. Mm. So you sent me a note on September. 6, 2019, I pulled the receipts with the subject entrepreneur.com. And it says, Dan, our digital director, just dropped me a line about your pieces. If you're using material from the book in a post, you can write excerpted from and the book name with a link at the bottom of the story. We just want to avoid the appearance that you are plagiarizing yourself. Thanks! Exclamation point. And I think because early in my career, I was around a talent director who would send horribly mean things, but then would always write thanks exclamation point at the bottom as if it made everything else better. (laughs) And so I just interpreted it that way. And then I forwarded it to my team and it just says, eek. (laughs) (laughs) So then I went into this whole discussion with myself and my team and God about plagiarizing myself because my book, I wrote every word of and writing pieces that plagiarized myself was very confusing to me, but I didn't want to upset you, nor did I want the wretched, wretched things, exclamation point, passive aggressive in my mind only. I'd love to know if you remember this at all. I don't, but I can conjure some thoughts about where what was happening at the time, but keep going. And then on October 25th, you forwarded me a whole thread from your team, from Kenny. Yeah, who was an editor at the time. To Dan that says, I'm rejecting this story, but since she's a VIP, I didn't see this part. That would have made me feel better. (laughs) Um, Wanted to give a heads up that not only... Did she plagiarize from articles she's published elsewhere? But she actually lifted an entire section verbatim from an article she previously posted for us. Then Dan wrote to you, just wanted to give you a heads up in case Nicole asks about this. And then Jason says, forward to Nicole. 
See below, M dash, problem persisting. Let your writer know she can't do this stuff, exclamation point. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was so scared. I was like, first of all, I'm plagiarizing. That sounds like hell to me. I would never want to do that. But wait, there's more. I'm plagiarizing from myself of an article that I wrote myself. But I'm like, I'm in trouble. And Jason is upset. And Jason is in trouble. And everybody thinks I'm a crazy self-plagiarizer. And then I wrote to the team, oh my God, we have to be so, so careful here. This happened before. And they are very particular about plagiarizing even from yourself, which I didn't even know was a thing and having something placed elsewhere. Can we quadruple track that everything in the queue for them doesn't have these two issues? It is super important. And then we go into a long discussion about we don't know, is it impossible to plagiarize yourself? And then this whole thing about, I'm not exactly sure if this is a thing, but you're really mad at me. And so my interpretation is that you are so mad at me and you are never going to forget that I am an evil self-plagiarizer. And apparently you've never thought about this before, but I think about it often. That's wild. So no, just to be clear, I definitely wasn't mad at you at the time because I would have remembered that. But I don't remember this at all, which is so typical because I think that we probably all carry around some moment that we think was a big deal and that grew into an even bigger deal in our heads and that the other person, if they were even aware of it, had a totally different understanding of it. And wouldn't it be great if we were able to just air all those things? If you could find more of those in your brain and then you went to the person who you had that experience with and just say, do you remember this? And was this a big deal? I bet that we would all exercise a lot of demons real fast. We would drop a lot of emotional weight. I need to eat a sandwich. I'm so much lighter. <laughs> My God. And I think I've always been embarrassed to bring this back up because I thought you were so angry and disappointed in me and that you were trying to help me with this thing. But I let you down and I let all of the fourth estate down. But now we're doing it for an episode because it's good and juicy. I cannot recall a single time, Nicole, in which I was ever annoyed at you. And certainly not this, which sounds like the dumbest thing to be annoyed about. I'm going to try for your benefit and perhaps your benefit alone, because I'm not sure that self-plagiarism is the thing that anybody else cares about. But because we're here, why don't we try to unpack this? And maybe in doing so, we will, uh, we will come to some universal truths about misunderstandings. So, okay. That moment features a couple characters who are not in play anymore. Dan is still at Entrepreneur, but he is not the digital editorial director anymore. He's kind of moved on to this special project role. Kenny was an editor at the time who was working with outside contributors, and he is not there anymore. They must have been focusing on some kind of internal policy that is not something I hear talked about at all anymore about self-plagiarism, which sounds like a very silly thing, but I don't know if you remember this was a whole scandal in the journalism world. No, but you forwarded me that article. Was it called, Why Did Jonah Lehrer Plagiarize Himself? It was, I'm sure. You did forward it to me. Was it that one? So, okay, hold on. This one editor wrote back, I understand him not wanting to write two pieces on his site that cover the same part of the book. 
that was definitely an oversight on our end when putting together the next batch to send. But it shouldn't be considered plagiarism since it is clearly stated as excerpted from your book and no one else bought exclusive serial rights. Okay, then you emailed me this exact story. And I wrote to the team, Jason sent me this story as proof that you can plagiarize yourself from New York (laughs) mag. Jonah Lair, New Yorker writer, plagiarizes himself. And then we have a whole discussion internally. I get what he's saying. Somebody wrote from my team and just read the piece, but I still think there's a big difference from what that writer did being paid to write original content for several competing sites and instead writing variations of the same thing with the same wording and what you're doing, which is providing free content tied to your book that you are clearly labeling as curated book excerpts, promotional content from your book. From my experience, by adding that excerpted from line, as we did at the bottom of each article, it should defend against any plagiarism concerns. Okay, let's give some context first for people who don't know the whole Jonah Lehrer thing. So this was back in 2012. And Jonah Lehrer was a very prominent journalist at the time. He was a New Yorker staff writer. I think he showed up on Radiolab or something all the time. And he had some books that were very successful. And then it all started unraveling. There was some fact that he had made up and somebody noticed it. And then everyone just started nitpicking his work. And then one of the things that people really seized upon was that a lot of the things that he was producing contained things from other things that he had produced. So for example, his articles would include a couple of paragraphs that also showed up in a blog post from a year before that also showed up in a book that also... And that was treated as a scandal. And now, I actually don't think that that would be a scandal today. Am I vindicated? Yeah. Well, so we're at a different time where I think a lot of people think of content as less precious maybe than they did before. I mean, I do this, Nicole, just for whatever it's worth. Like, Sometimes I will write a newsletter where I will pluck a paragraph out of my book and just drop it right into the newsletter because it just saves me time. And I already wrote it and whatever. Yeah. I think that the reason why Entrepreneur cared about it was probably because there was probably a rash of contributors who were all just kind of lazily recycling their material to try to get multiple articles out of the same effort. And Entrepreneur wanted to stop that. It also is, for whatever it's worth, an SEO problem where if you are publishing multiple pieces with a lot of the same content, then Google will ding you for it. And so that's probably also something that Entrepreneur was concerned about. Either way, in this particular case, hearing these emails, which I do not remember at all, the best sense that I can make of it is that I was in the middle of you submitting this stuff and these colleagues of mine who were following whatever policy we had for whatever reason. And I think that I saw myself as just letting you know what was going on. I wasn't annoyed by it. I can't imagine that I would have cared about it. And thinking back on it now, I would have... Stick around, Help Wanted, we'll be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. 
No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. Thinking back on it now, I would have been more mindful of how punitive this could have sounded and maybe done a better job of showing you that whatever the circumstance is, that I am not bothered by you about it. A thing that I have definitely had to do a bunch, and maybe I've just gotten better at it over the years, and 2019, four years ago, I was not as good at it, was making sure that whenever work and friend mixed, that if there is any hiccup or any problem, that I am really clear with friend that friend and work are also still separate. And we've had this where you and I will have a conversation about some work decision that maybe is annoying or whatever. That We both take pains to say like, look, whatever the decision is or whatever has to happen here, it's completely separate from the friendship. And I try to be incredibly mindful of that with friends. And I think in that case, I probably wasn't as mindful as I have become about it. Or I could have said, hey, my team is worked up about this because there's some internal policy about not reusing material from previously published material because it's bad for SEO. And I'm sorry, it's annoying, but can you have this reworded or something? Nobody's annoyed. It's just a policy thing that we've got to deal with. Like If I had said that, if I was just a little more explicit about it, I would assume that would have landed differently than me just like passing it along. So it's a good reminder to be better about that stuff, which I think I am now. And I guess it's a good object lesson for others. You have to always, I think, if you are going to mix friendship and work to make sure that the lines between those two things are always pretty clearly drawn and that the thing that's more important always gets protected. And to me, the friendship is always the thing that's more important. And so I'm sorry that you thought I was angry at you. I never was. I felt so sorry. (laughs) I felt horrible because I felt like you were vouching for me and I let you down. And I didn't even know that I let you down. And 
plagiarism sounds like such a scary thing. I thought I was going to be like arrested and, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. The plagiarism police. We're going to come and drag you to plagiarism jail. The Medill School of Journalism is going to just dissociate from me forever. And so, you know, when we talked in a previous episode about how you do these favors and you think it's no big deal as long as it's not too much work, I wanted it to be no work for you. The last thing I would want to do is create more annoyance or drama in your life. I was so, so careful and considerate of the fact that you did do something so nice and you apparently made me a VIP, which is a rare occurrence in my life. So <laughs> add it to your resume. <laughs> yeah. If I ever went on LinkedIn, it would be the main bio VIP internally at Entrepreneur. So I was just mortified that somehow I caused more of an issue for you or any issue and that I did this big, crazy, scary thing. And then you wrote to me with exclamation points. I was like, oh, my God, they're mad at Jason and they're mad at me and they're all laughing at me around the editorial table, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at HQ. No, absolutely none of that is true, with the exception that you were a VIP. That is true. But yeah, yeah. Also, there's a very funny thing happening here with the exclamation mark because <laughs> I don't need exclamation marks in my life, but I think that there's become a expectation that if something doesn't have an exclamation mark, it is definitely unfriendly. I feel like that's the world that we're in right now. Texts always have exclamation marks. Everything is an exclamation mark because without it, it sounds stern. So I have just come into the habit of putting exclamation marks on everything. And... What you're saying is that the exclamation mark, you were reading it as passive aggressive, which makes me wonder what on earth was I supposed to do there? Maybe an exclamation mark and a smiley face. But no, the answer is actually just going back to what I said before, which is explicitness. You can't over communicate something. Had I spent an extra minute writing that email, and I think the whole problem here was just that I wasn't thinking about it at all. It's not that I was thinking about it a lot and was upset. It was the opposite. It was that I was literally not thinking about it. It was just like forwarding something to you. And had I spent an extra second to think, you know, could this be misconstrued? Is there a way to just make sure that Nicole understands what's going on here and importantly understands that like I don't really care? Then why don't I spend the extra few seconds doing that? A little earlier, we were talking about how great it would be if we could all just go around and check in with each other and discover that the thing that we thought was such a terrible thing that somebody was angry at us or we made some giant mistake is actually a thing that nobody even remembered. But how with just an extra moment of communication, we could have avoided the whole damn thing in the first place. Well, I'm so grateful and appreciative of you saying that. I really don't think you did anything wrong. I was like, I don't know how I could have handled this better Maybe it was just a quick phone call about it, which is always a good emotionally intelligent course of action. And the bigger lesson is that we suffer so much more in our imaginations than in reality. And I have turned many cycles over in my mind about this. And you have turned zero Absolutely zero in yours. <laughs> so you weren't mad at me? I hope that that was clear. I will send you an email that says, wasn't mad at you, 
with two exclamation marks. <laughs> the first one because it's the de facto, and then the second one because I mean it. Oh, Jason. <laughs> Do you think I was ever mad at you? I mean, I don't think so. Were you? No. <laughs> oh, you mean like, was I ever carrying around a moment where I was like, oh, I screwed up? No. You know, I don't carry too many of these around with me because I'm not much of a worrier. But I'll tell you one recently that I felt bad about. I was out at lunch with a friend who is very religious, a Christian. And I actually don't have a lot of very religious friends. And also, one of the words that I say, if I am startled, not always, but you know, occasionally, is Jesus, which I shouldn't. I understand that that can be disrespectful to people. But anyway, we are outside, and somebody across the street had flipped, closed a metal dumpster. It just made the loudest, most alarming, metallic banging sound. And I, startled from my seat. And I just said really loud, Jesus. And then we kept going. And it wasn't until 30 seconds later when I thought, I wonder if that was disrespectful to my friend uh, and if he took it as disrespectful. But then I was like, I don't know. Do I go back? Hey, I remember a second ago when I just said Jesus was that like, I didn't want to put him on the spot. I didn't know what to do, but I felt anxious about it. And then I remember like when we parted ways, that's what I was thinking about instead of the great hour long conversation we had over lunch. I don't know. I didn't circle back. I, maybe I should. Maybe I should text him right now and say, were you upset when I said Jesus? But I, I don't know. I, I'm going to just not do that because I'm going to assume, and I've talked to Jen, my wife, about this very moment where she said he was not offended by that. Yes. Your work wife will also tell you. I'm sure he did not care at all. <laughs> he has not turned this over one cycle. One second. Yeah. I gave myself some grace on that one to just move on and that's what I try to apply to these things. You know, I think the bigger lesson here is something that I picked up this morning from Sam Altman, who's been in the news a lot lately from OpenAI. Who, just to note, as we are recording this, because people will be listening to it later, the whole Sam Altman was fired. Sam Altman might come back to OpenAI. Sam Altman was hired by Microsoft thing, like just happened. So this is all in the news right now. So a bunch of clips have been surfacing of him. And one that was really interesting to me. He came out and said on a panel, business is literally just bad things happening to you over and over and over <laughs> again. He thinks that what it takes to be a great entrepreneur is for sure determination, but more importantly, a stable nervous system, which is really, really interesting. So having determination is part of it, but being clear headed and level headed during times of stress and weird emails with exclamation points is maybe even more valuable to become a Zen monk master. There's a lot to be said for becoming a Zen monk master. It reminds me of a conversation that I had with Chris Bosch, who is a basketball player. Yes, he is a basketball player. He was a NBA all-star. He was part of the Miami Heat team that won two championships. Anyway, I was talking to Chris about when they lost, the Heat lost against the Dallas Mavericks in, I think, 2011 for the finals. And he said that when he was thinking about what went wrong in those NBA finals, what he realized was that the highs were too high and the lows were too low, that every game 
set them on fire and every loss was crushing. And what he saw in the Mavericks was every game was just a game. Like they were just a steadier team. They didn't have the emotional reaction the way that the Heat did. And that the reason that the Heat came back and won it the next year was because they had calibrated to that and the highs were not as high and the lows were not as low. Which I think is a version of the same thing that Sam Altman is saying. And, you know, I think that we could probably do well by applying that to pretty much every moment in our <laughs> every moment in our days. Nicole, I think uh, I feel confident in just giving everybody who's listening to this right now a free pass. And the free pass is if you, like Nicole, are worried that something that you did a long time ago really upset a person, and you have literally any evidence to the contrary, that evidence could be that you have talked to them in friendly terms again, right? Like, you know, if, if you did a thing and it was terrible and it fractured a relationship, eh, they're probably pissed. But like, you know, if life moved on, then so should you. I give you a free pass. Pull it out of your wallet, wave it around. The whole thing is done. Nobody remembers it. We are all going to move on. The highs will no longer be high. The lows will no longer be low. Nicole will never self-plagiarize again. <laughs> never. <laughs> Fucking never again. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoy. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I did sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. 